What the hell? What the? Wow. I do not approve of the holiday decorations. Wow. I apologize. This is, wow, Anthony, An I don't know your name anymore. Anthony pulled a fast one on me. I show up to his place ready to do the podcast. We have brand new mics that I bought. <laughs> brand new mic stands that I bought on a credit card. We get ready to roll, rock and roll. All of a sudden, look behind me, new pillows. They're not new pillows. I know. They're going to go away after the devil's day. But wow, that really threw me. Please leave a comment down below what you think about the pillows. Should Anthony move out of his own house slash my podcast studio? They have Christmas candles here. This. It, we're recording this on November... 15th. I guess that's an appropriate amount of time. But I've been bamboozled. How's the new mic? How's the new mic sound? Leave a comment. Comment. Leave a comment. Don't be shy. Say something. So yeah. Wow. We have a whole new setup. It feels weird. I'm so used to holding the mic that now I feel... I don't know if I feel free. I feel weird. But... The times they are changing. It's a weird time. Weird time. How many times have you heard that? It's a weird time. Expect the unexpected. We're getting revamped. What if I got like one of those sofa covers for like a fun, cool colored sofa? That could be maybe Christmas gift. <laughs> it's a gift for you, but mostly for me. I'll get to dimensions later. Um, yeah, I'm recording. Obviously, I'm recording the podcast. Um, Guess what I'm doing? Recording a podcast right now. But I have a guest on today. Fahim Anwar. Seriously, one of my favorite comments. I can't talk. This is going to be a problem. I haven't recorded the episode with him yet. We're waiting for him to get here. But my brain and my mouth are not syncing up the way that they should when you're going to record a podcast. Fahim Anwar is for real... One of my favorite comedians. You might already know that because anytime someone asks me who my favorites are, I always mention Fahim. He's so funny. He's so smart. I'm probably going to geek out a little bit even though I'm friends with him. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited for this episode. He, um, yeah, I don't need to say that much more, but I just think he's great. Anyway, uh... I was on Omegle. Why was I bringing that up? What happened? Oh, there was this kid on Omegle and he was so precious. And when I matched up with him on Omegle, he was like, hey, my friend has a YouTube video. Like, could you watch it? And meanwhile, I'm live streaming this Omegle conversation to like 130 people I think were watching. And so all of these people watching my live stream are hearing this guy talk about his friend's YouTube. And he's like, my friend just needs to get 100 views to keep going. Like, I really want him to make more videos. Like, this video that I need you to watch only has, like, 40 views. And it was posted four months ago. So, like, if you could watch it, that would be awesome. And so then I'm watching the video. And now people from the live stream are watching this video. 
And he's like, and could you also leave a comment on the video and like my comment and subscribe to my friend? And so many people watched the video, subscribed to this kid's friend and left comments. And then I'm looking at my podcast YouTube and y'all are, there's like 17 comments under a video. Meanwhile, this random stranger from Omegle's friend has like a hundred comments. Y'all really don't want to show up for me like that. You're not ready to support me in that way. And that's fine. But this kid was so precious. And then I was trying to, it was weird because I'm like, is this guy your actual real life friend? Because everyone in the live stream, including myself, wanted him to call his friend and tell his friend that his video just got, you know, 100 views or whatever. He's like, oh, I, d I don't think he has a phone right now. He was being very suspicious. And then I'm like, are you the friend? Like, are you secretly plugging your own YouTube channel? He said, no, I don't know what to believe. I think his friend's name was like Harley. He had a girl, he had a friend who was a girl named Harley. And then there was a guy, I forget his name. I don't know. But I think his YouTube channel's called like Kiwi, Kiwi, Kiwi Beast? Kiwi, space, beast. And the video's called like, fun with ragdolls tutorial or something. It's very hard to find, if I'm being honest. There's a lot of videos when you type in Kiwi Beast fun with ragdolls. So, I mean, if you want to try and find it, go for it. But there's so many videos that the one I'm talking about is probably not gonna show up. But it felt nice to be, you know, give this kid some, some recognition. Um, and now he comments on my YouTube videos. So sweet. Um, what else did I do this week? My show. Oh, if you are looking forward to seeing me in DC, I have bad news for you. There's this thing called COVID. And she's back and bigger than ever. And the shows had to get rescheduled. So unfortunately, I won't be in Washington, DC. But... I'm hoping to make it back there next year. Hopefully that works out. Who knows? This COVID stuff's crazy. I've been in a funk lately. I feel better now, but I was in a funk this past week. You know what it is? You know how everyone was in a funk when COVID first hit? Because everyone's like, what does this mean? What am I going to do? I'm so alone and scared. I was kind of like, you know what? Let's ride this bad boy out. And now I feel like it's finally starting to catch up with me. Now I feel like it's finally starting to catch up with me because I've kind of had a taste of non-COVID life and now I'm, I'm scared, but I'll be fine. I just need to have more things to do, you know? Like I'm gonna start painting the walls in my bathroom and kind of like renovating it. But here's the thing, I rent my place. They don't care that I paint it or anything, but I'm not trying to put in that much money for a spot that who knows how long I'll be in there for. But I'm trying to do some little things to kind of make it feel fresh and exciting. I'm painting it this bright, like cobalt blue. It's almost like a dark blue. Like it's a very dark blue, but it's bright. So I'm doing that. It's probably not a good color for my bathroom. I've had a lot of friends tell me not to do that. My sister's told me it's a bad idea, but 
I don't care. It's a bathroom. Like, I'm not, like, trying to show my house to the property brothers, you know? So, who cares? I'm, I'm having fun. I'm getting wild. I'm doing blue on the walls. I think I'm going to leave a couple walls white. This must be so boring to listen to. <laughs> so, here's what I'm going to do. Um, and then I might even paint the sink. I didn't even know that you could do that. You can do that. You really, I mean, you can do anything if you're willing to live with it. That's a quote. Quote me on that. Put it on a shirt. Put it in your yearbook. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to work on that because, yeah, I've just been feeling very restless and not motivated. And so I was like, what can I do to like be busy and like learn something new? So I'm going to paint. I'm going to put on my big girl overalls and paint the bathroom. Get a new shower curtain. That's about it. I, oh, I'm gonna change the light fixture. The guy at Home Depot was like, that's an easy job. He was like, I promise you that you can do it on your own. And I was like, are you sure? Because there's some guys out in the parking lot who would love to do it for me. But I'm gonna try and do it on my own. So that way I can be a hashtag boss ass bitch. Um, yeah, will I do it alone? Who knows? I got some guy's card outside, so might have to call him up. I, what else? Let me just check before we get this pod rolling with our guest. Okay, what did I do this week? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Veterans Day. Oh, yeah, it was the anniversary, the nine-year anniversary this past uh, Veterans Day on 11-11, November 11th. It was the nine-year anniversary of me losing my virginity. Um... I, I did that on purpose. I wanted it to be on 11-11-11 because I didn't want to forget it. And every year, anytime it's 11-11, I'm always like, good times. You know, it was the beginning of the end for me, personally. Because once you lose your virginity, you can't do that again. So once we broke up, I was just on like a fuck rampage. Because I was like, this means nothing. And I shouldn't have done that. If there's anyone listening who hasn't lost their virginity yet, go slow. Slow and steady. No need to just do it all at once. You have time. And even though you can't lose your virginity again, you don't need to fuck everyone from your town. Including white supremacists that you don't know are white supremacists until after you have sex with them and they don't know that you're Jewish until after you have sex with them. And that's an interesting experience for both people. Shout out to Wes. I don't know his last name, but he was like a little baby, baby premisist. Of Of course his name was Wes. And I also hooked up with a guy on the same night as Wes named Mark who did not have a tooth. Um, so that was like kind of a two for two situation. I did some virtual shows. I did some in-person shows. I'm not doing any more shows in parks, okay? I got booked to do a show in a park. And it was a park right behind the Holocaust Memorial Museum. My ancestors, if they knew that later on down the road, I would be born and eventually grow up to do comedy behind a holocaust memorial museum they would be shaken in their graves 
There were like f- five people. It was so bad. And here's the thing that sucks is that because of COVID, because clubs aren't open, people are doing like outdoor funky shows. I'm not doing, just because there's not as many shows as I would normally be doing, I'm not doing all of the shows I'm offered. I learned that after this park. I don't need to do every show that someone asked me to do. Because I I leave feeling bad, the audience leaves not feeling great either, I can't imagine. I don't think anyone left the Holocaust Park comedy show going, thank God I went to that. That really turned my night around. No. And here's the thing, there's a right way to do it. That show could have been really great if they promoted it more, didn't have it behind a Holocaust Memorial Museum. Um, yeah, it was weird. And I hate when this happens. The host, it was like, I guess an acquaintance of mine told the guy running the show to have me on. And so the guy who's hosting the show, who's running the show, doesn't know me. And when he's bringing me on stage, he's like, give it up for this next comedian. And you can tell he he forgot what my name is. Which is fine, but, like, look at your notes before you go on stage to bring me up. It's... (sighs) I don't expect him to know me or my name, but if you're running a show and you're hosting the show, make sure you check your notes before. So no more... Yeah, and then... I shouldn't say this, but... I got booked to do a show on the beach... No one wants to go see comedy on the beach. No one wants to do comedy on the beach. That's not a show. That's a weird thing. That's weird. If you're going to do comedy in an open space, don't do it at the beach. Do it at the boardwalk in a in a secluded area where people who want to see can go. Not at the beach. I canceled. I'll be honest. I canceled last minute. I didn't promote the show. No one was going to see me. I mean, maybe they're, they were, but if they're, whatever. It's not, I'm not, it was my mom's birthday, okay? I was spending the day with my mom. Shout out to Jenny. Um, and I was like, I don't want to leave my mom's house to do maybe an average at best show on a beach. I can't do that anymore. So I'm not going to. And sorry I didn't show up to that, if anyone from the beach show is listening. But I'm doing other shows, local shows, no DC, bummer. Was excited to go. It was going to be so cold, though. I feel like I probably dodged a bullet. So now I have to cancel that flight. I'm going to be back in Austin, Texas, though, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be headlining Vulcan Gas Company. They are on... East 6th Street in downtown Austin, December 5th, 7 p.m. Get your tickets for that. That'll be fun. And that's about it. I don't know. I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Fahim Anwar, and I'll talk to you soon. Now I'm blocking my face. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's complaint when we first started. Was that the mic was blocking? Yes. Yes. So, did How, we have... That? We had a stand before, right? Yeah. And so the and so we had the stand and the mic would be like right here. And my mom said, I don't want to watch it on YouTube if I can't see your face. 
That's like such a mom. Such a mom thing. My mom will give me notes too. She's like, don't cut your co-host off. But if I'm in the bit, like... You got to keep going. I got to keep going. Yeah. The the, the train's going to leave and then that thought's going to be gone. How often does your mom give you feedback on your comedy or podcast? A lot. Like, uh, yeah, if I post something. When I used to do Lance, you know, she'd just be like, I don't like you saying that. And I'm like, it's not me. Saying what? Yeah, because like, like Lance just is very everything vulgar that you would say. Yeah, or like Lance is just like dirty. It's very like id. When did you decide to stop? Wait, is it going doing... now? It, yeah, we're right. Yeah. Allie, can you move the more straight? No, no, no. The actual like turn the mic. There you go. That's it. Perfect. Great. Okay. It's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that was a breach of my trust. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Um. When? Well, we're gonna cut out the beginning part oh, okay. I, I just feel like it, there's always something whenever i do podcasts and i'm like i get in there i'm hot and i'm rolling uh, and then they're like okay now we're gonna, we're gonna start and, and you got nothing and then i go blank uh, so i figure keep it rolling the soft roll and then there's no weird intro right, right. and then it just goes and then it's like three hours later and they go are we rolling <laughs> yeah and they go no we're well, just wasting your whole day <laughs> yeah when did you decide to stop doing Lance? And do you think you'll ever bring the Lance Can't Stop uh, persona back? back? Did you ever see it? Oh, so yeah, I oh, did. Oh, wow, okay. But I feel like I had just started doing stand-up or just started like going to the store a lot when you were doing it. And I only caught it a few times, but I watched it on YouTube as much as I uh, could. Yeah, I would do it every Saturday. So it was kind of like I saved Saturday for Lance. And it was kind of nice because it was like a mental vacation because... You know, doing stand-up, you always have bits. You're like, what's my set? What do I want to tweak tonight? Yeah. It's a little mentally taxing to keep all those plates spinning. Yeah. But Lance was nice because, like, all I had to do was just show up. Yeah. There's no bits. I just dance for 30 seconds up top and just get questions from the audience. And it's just, like, a high wire act, and it's just so fun. But was it still nerve-wracking going up there, even though it's a character and it's loose? Like, is there still a moment where you're like, I don't want to bomb, especially when I'm in a wife beater and skinny jeans? No, because you're, you're going at it thinking that you're Ali Makovsky doing a character. Lance is Lance. <laughs> okay. He doesn't know what bombing is. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like, he doesn't bomb. The audience bombs. Like, yeah. If you are so uh, immersed in the character... That's the beauty of it. Like, there was always, sometimes it was like brilliant and it was amazing. Sometimes it was like shades of that. And sometimes it was kind of whatever. And sometimes maybe it was bad. Like, not a lot of times it was bad, but sometimes if the audience is kind of like, what is this? Or they were scared to ask questions. But the win is people thinking he's real. Yeah. So, regardless of how the show goes, people thinking that's a real guy who showed up to the comedy store and is is doing stand up. That's a win. What time were you going on stage as Lance? It was kind of great. I would, uh, Tommy was the first one to like kind of fuck with it. He liked it a lot. For people who don't know, Tommy was the former uh, talent booker at the comedy store. And I had never met him. I have no idea what he looks like, but I've heard so many stories from yeah. older comics talking about Tommy and how crazy he was. He like Tom Petty. He had like, you know, long blonde hair and he's like, yeah, he was an interesting guy. He kind of gave me a, a harder time than I needed to. Just well, wasn't he kind of racist? I I mean, you hear rumblings heard... or whatever, but like, yeah, he saw comedy in a weird way. Where I, I don't think he passed me for a while because he thought I was like Aaron Cater, just visually. Yeah, like he was another Middle Eastern, but like our comedy is so different. But he's like Jordy LaForge. He can only see like shades of 
he doesn't know the nuances of comedy. Like, but then he finally kind of saw me for what I was. Yeah. And I was getting spots, and then he liked Lance. So, so you got passed through Tommy. Yeah, Tommy passed Whoa. me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, the Lance thing was fun. But I brought him back before the the pandemic, like before no. the, before the comedy store, because he was a, on a two year hiatus. I didn't do him for two years because I don't know. I just wanted to. I was getting ready for my special actually. And I just wanted to write and just fine tune myself more. Yeah. And the Lance thing was fun, but then it became kind of like I don't want to feel forced to do this every Saturday. You yeah. Know, put the monkey suit on or whatever. Yeah. You kind of want to do it on your own terms. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, let me give it a break, and it makes it more exciting when you decide to bring it out of the closet. So. I'm so bummed. I missed it. Yeah. So Lance performed like the week before the comedy store closed, and it was fucking amazing. I was so excited, and then this shit happens. Would you ever do Lance like in a Zoom? In a Zoom? <laughs> or, like, or like in a virtual Better platform? That'd be great if he audited a college class. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, Professor, I have a question, and I, you know, chapter three. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I hope everyone, is it still on YouTube? Like, could people find it on YouTube? If you, like, he has an Instagram, El Canstopolis. Oh, okay. So I, I would chop some clips up. And then I think there are some Lance sets on YouTube. There's one where he rips a heckler because Santino was on before. And this lady was just, like, being a bitch to everyone. Like, so I was in the back watching. And everyone was having a tough time with this lady. She just wouldn't shut up, this drunk chick. So I'm watching it all unfold. And I just, it was perfect for, like, Lance to go up after. Like, Santino did, did a good job with her, too. Yeah. But, like, this is what Lance thrives off of. Yes. He has no material. <laughs> no. Like, this is the show now. And Lance is also so arrogant and rude Yeah. to people who... her, Like, what would happen is, like, like I would rip her apart, and then Jeff Scott would start playing music. Like, Jeff Scott's so good. He's the yeah. piano player at the, the comedy store. He's, like, a very... He's good at adding to, like, what's already there. He'll play music. Well, because he's been at the comedy Since store. prior, and, like, yeah, he's yeah. been there forever. So he's seen it all and knows the, like, moments and the beats to, yeah. like, add to. Yeah, and he'll to. surprise you because I'm going at it with this heckler chick, and then I rip her apart, and the crowd's like, oh! And then he just cranks the dance music. So then Lance just starts <laughs> yeah. dancing after he, like, shits on her. And then and then she says another drunk thing, and then Lance shits on her again, and the crowd goes, oh! And then he cranks the music. Like, three times I shit on her and then danced afterwards. So good. So it was so great. It was like a verbal shitting on and then a dancing shitting on. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's called, like, Lance Rips Heckler. That's on <sighs> YouTube. I hope everyone watches that after this. Bobby um, hit me up after that. Like, he was in the back. And you can hear his laugh. He's like, yeah. He has that laugh, you know? Yeah. And then afterwards, he was like... Because that's one of those magical moments at the store. It doesn't happen all the time, but you've probably had those, you know, like really magical nights. Oh, yeah. And he just took me out in the parking lot. He's like, I haven't heard the OR like that, like maybe ever. Like it was loud. Yeah. But it was just a perfect storm of, you know, crazy drunk chick and like that yeah. doesn't happen very often. What does your mom think about the Lance character? Or well, about at first, Lance? yeah, she was like, I don't. She was like, because, you know, they're Afghan and. Like, I didn't raise you like that. And why are you saying those things? And I'm like, Mom, it's not me. Yeah. Like, when you watch Matt Damon, or I don't know if that's a good example, but when you, <laughs> want, when you watch an actor do something, you're watching. It's not them. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried to tell her. Like, then she got it. She was like, oh, okay. Mm. Like, the separation between me and Lance. Do you ever have to tell her, like, I don't want your feedback on this? Kind of. But she'll give it anyways. I'll try to be. She's my mom, you know, so I have to. Yeah. I can't shut her down. I can't be like my white friends growing up where they're just like, shut up, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you talk to your mom. Fuck like, you, yeah. mom. Yeah, fuck you, mom. You slut. Yeah. Yeah, so. I told my mom that you were coming on the podcast today and she was so excited. Your mom excited. knows me? 
Yes, my wow. mom loves you. Whoa. Because I talk about you all the time. Yeah. I intro this episode by saying, you're my favorite comedian. Oh, that's a nice thing. I say that all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, that actually means something because I feel like I'm in the shadows, you know? You're out there. You're out there in the pod universe. Like, I'm getting better about it because I shifted my thinking. I think for the longest time, I was trying to play traditional Hollywood. Because mm. you're like, you're younger, so you kind of get how it works now and really embracing the internet and putting stuff out there and doing it on your own. Back in the day, it was just sort of like you waited for the pretty girl to tell you to dance, you know? So I would be hoarding. I'd be great, you know? I'd be at the store, all these magical moments and great sets, but you're kind of waiting for Mr. Hollywood. Yeah. To like... For someone to give you the to give you, on. Yeah, hey, Netflix. Hey, Comedy Central. Yes. Like, can you play these great things that I do? Yeah. And then that's just not the way it is. And and if it's not, that's not there, this is like way more powerful. So I'm just being way more generous with all my bits and my back catalog and even new bits. Like the internet is my Netflix now. Yeah. I need to start doing that because I had the same outlook and I feel like I still kind of carry that with me. The same outlook of like when I started stand up, I'm like, I just have to put in the work, mm -hmm. keep my head down and when everything is right like it's gonna happen. happen it's yeah. gonna happen yeah which to some extent has it kind of is yeah but i've learned just doing it so long that making it whatever you want to call it is part talent and part hustle yes you can be the most talented person in the world but if you're not doing the, like not the gross networking but like you know hustling you have to market yourself a little bit you yeah. have to put yourself out there because this without that no one knows about this yeah and you can actually have a lot of this and just like a little bit of that and you can still make it. Yeah. So it's like you can't ignore either of them. Yeah. And I don't put, I haven't, I mean, I haven't been doing comedy for that long. And so I've always been precious about holding on to my jokes and not posting them mm -hmm. because I get really scared that like, okay, well, if I put out a bunch of stuff, then... I need to have stuff ready for after, which is somewhat true. Yeah. But then I'm scared of getting into this place where I'm like just an Instagram girl and not, you know what I mean? What, like an Instagram stand-up girl or what do you mean? Not even, a, no, because I don't even post stand-up on Instagram. It's uh, like people know I do comedy. Right. They haven't seen it though, mm. but they see my Instagram and there's no comedy on there. Maybe mm. a funny caption, sure, maybe sure. a funny Instagram story. Maybe you got, a, you got the mystique thing going. Yeah, a little I'm bit. Just like whoring it out. Yeah, but it's good. It's a good whoring. It's a good whoring? Yeah, the dance videos are so good. My mom oh. was like, will you please do a video dancing with Fahim? And I was like, I don't yeah, want to yeah, do that. Weird. That would be very that. weird. I would feel so uncomfortable. Where would we even do it? Where, yeah, like we're not going <laughs> to, we're going to rent a studio. Yeah, no, it was, I shut her down. I said, fuck you, mom, you bitch. Yeah, it's weird. The dancing thing is like, some people... It really love it and then some people are kind of like whatever it, i think it's like it, it walks the line of good and bad it's both so it's like you know that gold dress and blue dress or whatever yeah it's kind of like that some people think it's the most amazing thing in the world and other people are like this is napoleon dynamite it's very entertaining i love yeah. it yeah i, I like it it makes me me you know yeah um um Okay, so your mom gives you feedback she all the time. Feedback, How? Who did you start out with? Like who? My crew. Yeah, who's your crew when you were first starting out? Because it's always weird to me trying to picture comedians that I look up to and have only known as being like working comedians, like at an open mic. 
Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around you signing up to do, like, three minutes and being like, oh, I hope yeah. this works. Well, the beauty is everyone goes through that. I know. Like, even you look at Bill Burr, and he wasn't born that way. Even you look at the earlier, earlier specials and earlier, like, sets, you see the genesis of what he is now. Yeah. And I think I had Hulu for a bit, and they had Evening at the Improv. Mm -hmm. Like, that used to be... Do you remember Comedy Time? No. It was like the first gig people did when they came to L.A. Mm. That's where Angela Johnson's nail bit thing came from. At the from. Ice House. At the Ice House, yeah. So this evening at the Improv was Had kind you, of like... Were you doing stand-up when Angela... When that oh, joke... Yeah. yeah. Whoa. She's like the only one that leveled up from Comedy Time. I bet it was For everyone like... else, you got like 50 bucks in like a cheese platter. Yeah. That video was crazy. Yeah. When that they, came they out. launched her. I joked it like everyone quoted it. My dad quoted it. My mom quoted it. Everyone quoted yeah, why, it. Why you no boyfriend? Yeah. You nail do like that. She'd get canceled today. If she oh, 100%. <laughs> no, I have this theory that the more spot on an accent is, the more leeway society will give you. Like if it's a spot on Vietnamese accent, everyone's like, do you br have brilliant. One? Do you have you, you trying to cancel me? Yeah, I mean. You invite me on, just get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a nice game. You just have a wheel of accents yeah. and then <laughs> how do you want to get canceled? Um, okay, so, so yeah, comedy time. Comedy time. So then I was watching Evening at the Improvs and you see Martin Lawrence, like he's a year in. You see David Spade a year in. You see all these like legends now and they, they look like one of, you know, your peers or something. Yeah. Not like you, but like, like a comic that's been doing it for a year or yeah. two. Just you can't fake the funk. If you've only been doing it a year, a year you don't, have nerves of steel yet yeah yeah so who was your crew when you started i would say like dalia brent morin jason collings francisco maybe hinchcliffe um who else melissa Visignor probably like we did montreal the same year wow yeah my year was crazy like colin jost was my year for when new you faces. did new faces so how long had you been doing comedy before you got new faces quite a while i had auditioned like eight times before i got it yeah. eight or nine times so i think i started stand up like i was i was in high school so starting oh two fucking og and then i got new faces in 2010 yeah crazy i yeah i talked about this before but i've bombed very bad twice doing the new faces thing yeah it's just such a high pressure even when you do new faces at Montreal, it's all industry. It sounds awful. It sounds awful. It's like no way to do comedy. Yeah. But it's such a feather in the hat. And some people are able to launch from it, maybe like back in the day. But nowadays, I don't know if it really, people already have shit. But no one's really like launch, launch from yeah. it. It means less. But Do you ever have people who you started out with who stopped doing stand-up who will pop up randomly at the comedy store and be like, what's up? Do you remember me? Like, we used to do Sal's back oh, in the no, day. Where are you? Because I remember witnessing an experience like that with, I think Tony was outside of the comedy store and this, like, crazy dude came up to him and was like, man, it's so crazy to see you. Like, remember back in the day? And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's what, like, that's, like, parallel universe uh, yeah yeah like not everyone makes it and many people more don't than do yes yeah <laughs> that's the message that we have yeah more don't than do it's so weird um watching that happen and like knowing that that's gonna happen at some point 
Like I'll be like doing a show in Tallahassee. Yeah. Usually you just never hear from them again. Mm. Yeah. That'd be the nice way to go. Yeah, but some of them they just won't learn. Yeah. We did a fun show. Oh, the, the other nightcap? Night. Yeah. That was great. That felt like pre-quarantine. Yes, it felt like a real show that I That's was like... That's like a hot show without a pandemic. Yes. Yeah. And I left feeling like... No, actually, I left feeling shitty because I didn't know how to see myself out. What do you mean? Like, you know when you're somewhere and you're like... I don't know how long to stay or when to go. Like, I don't want to mm. leave too early. But then I ended up staying longer than... You needed to? I needed to. So then it was like that awkward leaving where I didn't... Mm. You could just like Irish goodbye it. I should have. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big fan of that. But oftentimes I'll say, I'll go to the booker and be like, thanks for having me. And then I leave. Yeah. I don't need to say bye to everybody. Do you have any comedy beef? Beef? Yeah. You don't have to if name do, names or I, anything. I'm just curious because you're a very like nice. You know what I like about you? Huh. You're a very nice person, but you're also like an honest, direct person. Like you don't try and like, like you're not overly nice to be nice. Yeah. Just but you're enough. also not mean. Mm. Like I feel like you're just very honest. Um. Like what do you mean in what regard? I mean, it's oh, funny to hear from the outside. Because we, I had you do my show. Oh, Van and the Jam? Jam in the Van. <laughs> yeah, Van in the Jam van. makes no sense. <laughs> makes zero sense. <laughs> what if it's just like a really tiny van in some jam? In Jolly. Then that makes sense. Yeah. That'd be Van in the Jam. <laughs> um, yeah. In Jam in the Van, you were, you, what did you say? Oh, you asked me some stuff or whatever, right? Or I don't know if I asked oh, you. Oh, no, no, no. It, it was like um, but I to think... promote the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I was getting emails like, have these people promote? And so I had to ask everyone, like, can you... I know. So, like, I know that they were... Because when I hit you up, didn't I tell you? I go, like, I know they're hitting you up. Because <laughs> yes. I was giving you an out. Yes. Like, I wasn't upset at you or anything. No, no, no. Yeah, and I yeah, and yeah. I got that. That's why, I like, I like that you're honest and nice. Mm -hmm. But you're not trying to be, like... I'm not going to be a pushover and be, like, I'll, I'll put a, a, in my feed a million times yes. today. Yes. Yeah. Because I think that's very important with it's because I was just talking about before you got here, I got booked to do a show. Oh, I did a show at a park by Erwan right behind oh. the Holocaust Memorial Museum. Is that good for comedy? Not good for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> no, not good for comedy. And That'd I was be great like, if no one brought up the elephant in the room, just like the whole show and no one brings up the museum. I brought up the museum. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Why, why but you? the people before me did not bring it up. I'm well, like, how could they not? I'm like, there's monuments yeah. right over here. There's names listed. It's not an open mic uh, statue. I went to, I was in Amsterdam. That would have been a great lineup, though, if those people were still alive. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be hilarious. Jewish people are very funny. The Jewish people are? Yeah. I'm only half. Uh, I'm a bummer. But it's a strong half. Strong have my dad's side. I told you my dad's jokes the other night. Oh yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. And I tried out the joke the that you helped me out with. Oh really? Yeah. It oh, didn't well, really work that oh, well. Fuck. Oh, what was it again? The joke was that I was telling Fahim that my dad like is the type of dude who just has jokes prepared okay. in case for some weird reason someone's gonna need him to tell a joke. And so you were kind of saying like it'd be funny if he was on a plane. And like yeah, and like and a the comedian flight attendant dies, like, and someone's like, "Is anyone here a comedian?" Yeah. And your dad's like, oh, "I am." He rips his suit off, and there's a hoodie under it, and he has his own mic. Great to be here. 
Uh, yeah. So my dad's the Jew, mm. the Jewby. Thank God. But oh yeah, mm. I decided I'm not. I don't need to do those shows just because there's not enough shows happening right now. Which shows? Like shows that are poorly promoted yeah. and just kind of like yeah. a half thought mm. of like I have a microphone and a light, so I'll just do a show behind a Holocaust memorial. But if the people want to be like, was it good or was it bad? It's bad. Okay. How many people? Um, including comics or no? uh, so it's all comics <laughs> mostly. Oh well, yeah, that's I think problem. there are four non-comics. Uh, yeah, that's not good. It didn't feel good. And then have you done, I think I might have asked you this the other night, have you done the beach show? No, I keep getting asked to do it. Is it good or no? <laughs> I was supposed to go today. That's Mary's, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I decided not to. Because it's a beach? Because it's at a beach. <laughs> I shouldn't be telling jokes at a beach. Would you do a pond? <laughs> if there was... If... Oh, that'd be great you have standards for bodies of water. Yeah. Like you, you agree to do a river and you go, I think this is going to be too noisy. No, the river is calm. There's places where you can be. I don't know. Something about. Go, is it raging? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it if it's raging. How's the current doing today? How's the current fish? Yeah, I got a. I said I would do it. Uh, but the thing is, there's a bunch of shows nowadays that pre quarantine you would never do. Exactly. But then you do it now and you go, oh, it's actually not bad. Because people just want to be there. Yeah. There's, there's just a thirst for entertainment there's not a lot of options there's not a lot of options but i still feel like there's a balance between over yeah you don't have to do everything under yeah. the sun or yeah. moon yeah i was gonna do this daytime show and i agreed to do it and i was dreading it and i was thinking about like uh, do i just make up some excuses as to why i can't do it what was the what was the setting like for the daytime show i don't know it, it had a nice poster and it seemed like it was running right there was like a dj and, that's what sucks but it's at 3 p.m and mm. it's so i don't know how good sunshine comedy can be it can be good really in the right environment yeah hmm. did, did you, you do it done? no he can't like luckily oh it got canceled without me doing anything it sucks when the flyer is really good and then the show sucks uh. or it just sucks when the flyer is just bad even if the show's good because you're like i don't want to post oh is a bad like flyer yeah it's like hard edges or where it looks out. no it looks like there's flyers that look like they're like hip-hop uh like dj sets yeah you know like freestyle battle night yeah i've always noticed like like the urban comedy shows yes it always looks like a nightclub's open yes up. where it's like, like girls flyers, free yeah i'm like they have all these like hot chicks on the i go these chicks are not going to be at the comedy show <laughs> yeah yeah um oh but daytime comedy can be good what was the one you did there used to be this Sunday brunch show. Where? And it was at my friend's house. Do you, you know Amid Singh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he used to live at like essentially a commune. He like lived with like 12 people. Yeah? Is yeah. Is like Nexium? Kind of, but like chill. Okay. A, a chill, chill Nexium, yeah. You you like you brand yourself? Yeah, if you Someone want to. Someone doesn't have to, yeah. They have the materials. That's cool. Yeah. And they had it there and it was all like very chill vibes. Huh. Um. Yeah. Maybe I'll do it when it comes back up. I think uh, everyone's gone. You think? Yeah, the house is probably burned down. They're probably like doing drugs Makes illegally. So was Nightcap the last show you did? Nope. Um, what did you do? Oh, I did a show at a rooftop of an apartment. 
How was that? It was pretty fun, but I got a really annoying text message before that threw me off and I was in a very bad mood. Do you ever have things that like set you off or are you able to just like turn it off when you go on stage? I can turn it off, but I, I did have a thing for a while where I had YouTube comments forwarded to me, which is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. That's just like like straight up negativity, you know? So it's just, I'll be about to go on and just like, whoop. It's like, eat shit. Be <laughs> 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 man or... Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm just thinking about eat this shit the, the entire time. Yeah. Like, I'll show Billy one, two, underscore. Yeah, he always shits on me. Yeah. But I'm pretty good at separating it. But also the thing, too, is the bigger you get, statistically, not everyone's going to love you or what you do. Totally. So, like, the more of that you get, it's kind of like, look, it's not flattering or whatever, but it just means you're kind of, you're... Your ripple, yeah, your ripple is hitting more people. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what about personal stuff? Like what, personal life stuff? Yeah. Like what? I don't know. Like if you're dating someone and then like you break up and then... Oh, yeah. I used to have this bit like... Because I did have a breakup. Wait, I think you... I remember this. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Like, um... <laughs> what is this? I, I go, it's... Uh, yeah, I broke up with my girlfriend and I go, it's... It's hard when you're a comedian because you have to be funny every day, even when you're going through stuff. Like, so I still have to do stand up. So I, I, mean, I was trying to talk about it way too early too. I'd be on stage like, so I just broke up with my girlfriend. And um, what's up? What's up with Jix? <laughs> it's like it's like they like don't even love you anymore. <laughs> this guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like there were no jokes, just the guy hurting on stage. Yeah. People are just like, Jesus, take a week off. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I was on the, the four or five the other day, and um, she loved that freeway. <laughs> she loved north and south. Fucking. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like when you're a comedian, you just have to like bury all that stuff, and then just be like, showtime. <laughs> yeah, it's so psychotic. Yeah, you just you just get some like terrible news, and then you just like continue putting your powder on. Yeah. Go the full Joker mode. Go on. <laughs> I think I was dating this one girl and she was like, so do you put like stage makeup on before you like, I just love how some people know nothing. Yeah. Some people know everything about comedy and they love podcasts. And they, what do you they, prefer? They know, they know someone, what I had for lunch yesterday. What do you prefer? Someone who knows nothing or someone who knows everything? Everything. I kind of like the everything. It makes it easier. It makes it easier. And then also a compliment from someone who knows everything means more. Like they understand the nuance of the LA comedy scene or just the comedy scene in general. Yeah. So, you know, whenever I do it, like whenever I do a weekend somewhere and the waitress is like, um, like they really, they really like me. That's, that's the my favorite. Best. Yeah. Because they, they don't give it up. They see so much they see and they even so say much. it and you know, at the comedy store too, they've been there for a while. They see so much and these are like hitters. Yeah. So when they say they like you, that's, I, I cherish that more than, look, it's still nice saying anyone, I like you, you know, but. Of course. If I'm doing a weekend and some guy who works in HR says, you killed it, bro. That's great. Th thank you. But your frame of reference is pretty small. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel the same. He's like, you and like Dunham, like, oh you're my, my tops. <laughs> no, People, I don't know. No one said that. But. I was on Omegle and some guy was like, yeah, I really like total stranger. He doesn't know I do stand up. He's like, I really like dark comedy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, dark comedy. I'm trying to think, like, who are dark, dark. comedians? Like, Louis like C.K., I guess. Yeah, Jesselnick. Yeah, okay. So I'm like, oh, who's your favorite, like, comedian or dark, you know, comedy? And he goes, Jeff Dunham. 
No. He, I swear to God. I'm like, one of his characters? Like, are you talking about one of his, like, puppets? Oh, man. I didn't know people were still, like, on, on Jeff Dunham. Dunham. I remember I was working at Boeing still, and Jeff Dunham was big, I guess. I guess he still is, right? So when you work in an office, people trade videos all the time. They'll just, like, send links to each other. So one of my coworkers sent me this Jeff Dunham clip, and it's Ahmed the Dead Terrorist or whatever. And I know this is not going to go well. And then he's already kind of just standing over over my desk watching me watch the clip. What's going on in your head when you see the link to I the I know video? I'm not going to like, I'm well versed. Are you preparing your reaction? No, I just, I'm worried about how fake my smile is going to be. Like I'm pasting it on. So it's just like this for, <laughs> he's, he's just like standing here. And I'm, I'm having to like fake it a little bit. I'm like. Uh-huh. Uh, and like trying not to be deeply offended as well. <laughs> it's so rude. Like know your audience. <laughs> yeah. You don't send. F- I mean, I'm fine. I'm a comic. I can take anything. Like I don't really get offended at anything. But you probably. It's just more about not my brand of comedy. Yeah. I was more offended as a my taste as a comedian. <laughs> so then he's just watching me watch it for like two minutes, and then he has to do the awkward like slink back to his cubicle. That's the worst when you think you got a banger and then it gets nothing <laughs> yeah. at the cubicle and you go, he's leaving the coffee. I really thought that was going to Get kill. back to the yeah, spreadsheet. That's his office bombing. What? Were you doing stand-up at that time? Yeah. Yeah. I was doing stand-up. Because I, I, I moved here 06, I think. And you were in Long Beach? 06 or I forget. Yeah, I was in Long Beach. So okay. I was working at Boeing in Long Beach. Yeah. And then I was driving up. Like, I was doing what you're doing, but I was working at yeah. following at the Did time. you ever go to Orange County? Yeah, I would do that. A yeah. little bit, but I was always heading up to Hollywood more. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're kind of similar in that way. What? Or I'm just trying to, like, find similarities to be like, I'm on the right <laughs> yeah, track. No. no, you're doing, like, very good. You're doing better than me when, like, your progress is probably better than my trajectory when I started. Yeah, but don't you think there's a benefit to uh, having that time, like, developing yeah i do like this better late than early yeah that's that and that was my theory when i started stand-up was like i have heard from many people that it takes about 10 years Mm -hmm. like for things to start really happening and so i was like i'm not expecting anything i want to be able to like be ready in the 10 years when things happen and then like year four rogan's like want to do an (laughs) arena and i'm like okay (laughs) there you go no, I'm not there yet. Hit me up in six years. Yeah, I want to earn it, Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the yeah. opportunity. So it's very uh, weird and not what I was expecting. And so with that comes the fear of like, I need to make sure that I'm still prepared. That your foundation is still being built and yes, all that. Yes, because I don't want to just be like, I already made just it. Right on I already that. did everything. Like, I'm just going to keep yeah, doing whatever. But you strike me as someone who wants to do the work and you're always writing. And yeah. if you were a comic who just had the same five all the time, yeah, then that's dangerous. Um, but I think you kind of like jokes and you like writing and you have stuff to talk about. You could tell the people who have something like burning or to talk about. Some yeah. people just like the idea of being the thing. Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely, when I first started, like the idea, mm-hmm. uh, like the comedy role where yeah, I get yeah. to tell my friends that I'm doing mm-hmm. comedy. Oh, you could tell because like back in the day when Facebook was big or MySpace, everyone's profile pic is just like... <laughs> them with a mic. Every, every, every one year to your comic, like their profile photos. And I go 
stand-up is the only thing like that. You never see doctors, like, <laughs> or like a lawyer, or like, a, like a judge. No one broadcasts, like no one's that proud of their profession. Just like a syringe. Jonathan, MD. But every, then, every comic's... And then the job title is Comedian at Comedy. <laughs> I, I was Comedian at Earth. Oh, no. <laughs> well, because they don't give you a company. What do you yeah. do for that? But, you know, like on the dating apps and stuff, Comedian feels gross for some oh, reason. Oh, yeah. Um, and so then I, it also allows the responses with the messaging to so you're go... you're funny? Tell me a joke. Tell me a joke. And then I go really dark. <laughs> I go, Jew, a Mexican. <laughs> I go, Jesus. And then I go, am I too edgy? Like, it's not even edgy. It's just super racist. I like the racist guy who thinks he's Bill Hicks. <laughs> like, yeah, so, so what do you have I like point? I like writer first. Oh, yeah. Because technically... Serious. It's... Yeah, I respect that. Yeah. If I, I can't have actor. Like, actors, I do act a little bit, but that's down the line. I think for me... I don't know, writer, comedian, and then actor. Yeah. I'm most ashamed of actors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. As we all should Yes, be. yes. I love the... I mean, I want to Wait, what the, apps do you use? Uh, like, I, I think I'm on all but, but Tinder. I don't do Tinder. I just got on Tinder. Oh, yeah? It's bad. I have a hierarchy. I feel like Tinder is just nebulous hot chicks. Really? Just nebulous, no purpose. They're just like hot chicks. Bumble is hot professionals. Hot feminists. They have jobs. Yeah. And then Raya's like uh, a night, a Hollywood nightclub. Yes. It's the worst. I deleted my Raya. But yeah. now that I'm on Tinder, I regret it. Uh, what if they don't let you back in? They go, no, sorry. You had <laughs> to get accepted and now. Yeah. That's very Raya. I have a joke now about how I re-downloaded Tinder because I haven't gotten an STD yet, but I'm trying. <laughs> That's the place to get it. Yeah. I think Raya's great if you're Bradley Cooper. If you're yeah. the most famous person on, on Raya, it's a great app. Yeah. But if you're like a low-level comedian who like barely got on, like why would they fuck with this instead of Jude Law or yeah. whoever's on there? Well, and I realized when I was on Raya, I started seeing people I knew that mm -hmm. made me question the integrity of their Their, their vetting system? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm, maybe this isn't you, you, as exclusive as You contact as Raya, you go, I think there's a bug in your algorithm. Yeah. My friend uh, James is on <laughs> you here. You go, this is a picture of him at a recent open mic. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he told you. Um, That'd be great. You just get people kicked off Raya. You're like Dog the Bounty on <laughs> unsuccessful yeah just like behind the booth like, just them doing all this shitty outdoor show them at the beach telling yeah, just doing the beach show there's a guy boogie boarding behind it um how did we get on this topic oh writer oh, yeah comedian, yeah, the hyphenates. Actor. yeah it's so interesting the people who are on there like i like some of the girls you'll see i one time i saw a dj chef hyphenate no yeah <laughs> what is that and and like you don't favor one you go no i'm i'm equally a dj yeah. as i am a chef yeah. i'm killing it at both yeah when i'm not making pasta i'm yeah. spinning right, so tracks like <laughs> do, 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 do. just playing levels <laughs> they sample yeah. they sample the sounds of the kitchen <laughs> i wanted to do because you always see that in movies where where the guy like closes a door he goes ooh. And he records all these like found sounds. And then I give the guy a demo and it just sounds like shit. It's just all those sounds on yeah. top of each other with like no music. 
<laughs> and then the executive's listening and he goes, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> this is what I love about you is that your brain, I feel like, just processes processes everything into a bit. Yeah. And not in an annoying way where people... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 no. You know like there's some people that you hang out, not you, but like when you're at the store or somewhere and there's people who you're like, hey, how are you? And then they're like, da, 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 like zip, yes, zip, zip. Yes, yes, yes. And you're like, calm down. But you're the type of person who like actually gives like funny jokes that like add to a conversation. Also, if the person wants to play as well, it's fun. Like yeah. I... I don't want to just run off and just be on my own or whatever. Because like Aristotle, my buddy, who yeah. I did the sketch show Goatface with, like certain people you just vibe with. You're almost like kindred spirits. And you're painting the same picture together. Yes. So I'll say, I just love what ifs. And just painting a sketch or whatever. I just love sketch. Did you ever do like, um, I, I hate this question because people who don't know anything mm -hmm. about comedy will go, oh, so do you do improv and stuff? Mm. And I'm like, that's totally different. Yeah, yeah, because they because you that's perform like, you perform like, at the improv and they think that that's like hey if you're an Uber driver you do you're not going hey do you uh, drive buses too that's true are you a bus driver what if he does good for him double income <laughs> but did you ever do improv or sketch no like uh, not improv but sketch yeah just produce sketch like YouTube sketch back in the day and but I didn't come through UCB or. I was stand-up through and through. Yeah. I was 18 when I started, and I just chose to do stand-up because I, I was researching how people got on SNL, uh -huh. and it was through stand-up or improv. Yeah. Like UCB or Second City, and you got to pay money for all that shit, and stand-up is just you, and yeah. it's free. So I was like, I'll do stand-up. But now what they're doing, I noticed this recently, well, like in the past two years, open mics, all you have to pay. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's like this weird new thing. Like when I first started, you would have to pay for a couple open mics, but I would just not go to those. Or you'd have to like buy food, but I was hungry anyway. So I'm sure. like, I'll buy chicken wings and do Your stage jokes time. on you. I'm hungry. <laughs> I love these tender. I was going to get them regardless. <laughs> like you're getting one over them. <laughs> jokes Lappers. on them. I have chicken tenders in my belly and I'm doing jokes. All for $5. <laughs> For three minutes of stage time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now, it, well, not anymore, but I noticed like in the past two years, every open mic, it's like pay to play. Hmm. Really weird. Maybe there's there's more of them, but there's got to be free ones too. It can't yeah, be all pay to play. They're not all pay to play, but a majority. Well, maybe because it's LA and it's so saturated that they can get away with that. Yeah. Just because there's so many people. In a smaller town, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that's that in OC. No. It's just funny because it's like the worst open mic comedians are paying like $10 a night mm -hmm. to tell to the same jokes. Oof, to not grow. Yeah. Just emptying their bank account yes. to get nowhere. Yes. What was it? Um, how, how did you... What was it? What was your comedy like when you first started and how has it changed over the years? Because that's something I'm always interested in and something I'm always like aware of is like maybe I will be talking about my vagina and sex for mm -hmm. my entire career. Who knows? Maybe I'll evolve and sure. certain life things will happen where my comedy will yeah. change due to that. It will. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way to kind of live life in your comedy. Stay completely the same. 
I guess maybe it is. Some people don't really grow, but I feel like that's more rare than just kind of evolving. Yeah. What were you like when you first started? I think I was always a good joke writer. I always had like a really good absurd brain and stuff. But when I first started, I think two things were different. One of them, I was like a guy doing stand-up. When I do a show now or whatever, I'm there. I can talk to someone. I am present. I can dip into some ideas. I am, I'm like multidimensional on the stage. Do you feel fully confident on stage now? Yeah, just from doing the OR. Yeah. Because when I came to the comedy store, I was still kind of this previous version of me. Yeah. Where I had maybe some great jokes, some great set pieces. But you could see this invisible wall between, uh, you know, what's inside here and the jokes I'm doing. There's like invisible glass. Well, it's almost like you're playing the character of stand-up comedian. Yeah, a little bit. Or it was just more of like a shielding or you're. I'm in my head. I'm not totally here. So I'm... I'm I'm kind of doing things independently of what the crowd's doing. Yeah. It's not this conversation with the audience. So I would do these great set pieces or whatever. And they were also random too. I would do a joke that's 30 seconds about one thing and then another thing that's like 20 seconds. So it was, I just had a, a Santa sack of just funny stuff, but they're not congruent with each other. Yeah. And then that gives the audience whiplash. If you're talking about 10 different things in one minute, it's it's uh, like the audience just doesn't know what to make sense of it. Yeah. So a lesson I learned later was talk about something at length or have enough jokes about a particular subject. But don't you think that that just comes with time and experience? Because when I first started, I did the same thing. I would have one minute jokes, essentially. Yeah, I was a grab bag of comedy. Yes. So there's no real... I mean, my voice, I guess, would have been my brain or my absurdist scenarios or something like that. But... I think what evolved is talking about having an opinion about something for a length of time or waiting until I've gathered enough of these like random ass things about a particular subject Yeah. where now it's a bit. Clump them together. Because I just had a bunch of random ass jokes yeah. at first. <coughs> and now. <gasps> yeah. That was like the coolest moment for me was when I first started and I had all these random jokes and then all of a sudden I realized, oh, now I have three jokes about the same thing that I can combine into one. And now that segues into this other topic. And I was like, all the pieces are starting Mm. to come together. The way I visualize it is jokes are like Lego pieces. Yeah. And once I have enough Lego pieces of the same color, that's a bit. Yeah. It's a nice little chunk. And then what is the segue to the, like, I'll have all these, it's like you're putting a puzzle together too. So I'll have a bunch of reds that are clumped together and I have some blues. And then there's this joke and I go, oh, this bridges them. Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing when you start doing stand-up, you're trying to learn how to write a joke. And then the next step after being able to write a joke is writing a set. Yeah. Be it a seven minute set, a 15 minute set, 30 minute set, hour long, whatever. It's sort of like the parallels of music. You learn to do a song. And then, then you DJ, learn to DJ. DJ and, and chef. And then be chef, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next logical step. Mm-hmm. Um, who were the people when you started that you like looked up to within the community? Like who were like the big dogs where you're like, whoa, I get to do a show with them finally? Probably Bobby was the first guy yeah. to take me on the road. So Bobby. And then from afar, I didn't know him personally at the time, but like Burr, Burr was a guy. I remember... There were these shows around Hollywood, you know, like, you know, like young comedians. I don't know what the show would be nowadays, but there was this one, I think, uh, it was on Vermont, this hotel. Yeah. 
and everyone's signing up to go up and then Burr pops in and runs like his hour. And it's like a total off the beaten path thing. Like you wouldn't think Burr would drop it into his hour there. Yeah. But the longer I've known Burr, that's just what he does. Like there's no show too small for him. So cool. Like, he'll never get so big he won't do a show and just work on stuff. Yeah. So watching him go in there and just work out the hour, that was really cool. And then seeing it come out like a month later or two months later, it made it very real. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I saw this and now I see the finished product. There's this process and it's not this fantasy land. That was like watching, um, I feel like Tom Segura, I watched him work on his stuff in the main room or like now it's cool. Like you get to see so many people run stuff in the main room and then you get to see it. But I feel like now, I don't know if maybe it's just me, but like something gets lost in special. In the special? Something I've noticed. I think the stand-up special, (laughs) this thing keeps on. (laughs) So like the same with special (laughs) just by the end of this thing as people scrub through and like I got my start in Seattle and I'm glad that I started in a smaller market because the stage time was plentiful obviously there weren't a lot of talent execs and such but it allowed you to get good Mm -hmm. and so by the time I moved out here I I had enough hours under my belt (laughs) what was I talking about (laughs) I forget that you started in Seattle. Yeah. Hold on. I had a profound thing I wanted to say, though. Oh, something Oh, oh the specials. Lost, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I really want to put my arm on this couch, but there's all these pillows. I, well, do, do you know Can what? I, fuck these pillows. Yeah, fuck Get comfortable. Yeah. I love eating at a diner and then just doing this. But sometimes the diners will have the boost that goes so high. And, like, <laughs> it's I like have the people on the bikes where the handlebars are up here. Like, yeah. Who gets the motorcycle? I never understood. Like, I used to watch American Chopper, and they'd build this custom chopper, and they'd yes, <laughs> unleash yes. it, and, and the guy's like this. <laughs> like, what if you hit a pebble? <laughs> You're dead? Yeah. And also, does this guy think that people see this on the road? <laughs> and they're it's like, embarrassing. They're like, whoa, what a cool guy. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. So I have no idea. the special, I think it it behooves the writer because there are some great performers like you see them live and there's this magic there's this energy but tv strips that yeah not all of it but it definitely dampens it well and the editing the editing but just that kinetic energy in the room yeah is uh it's not as potent when there's when it's coming through a screen this is completely random and off topic but when you said kinetic energy there's people who i saw this on tiktok people who speak into their water like say i had a cup of water that i filled from the fridge they Mm -hmm. talk into their water like you're beautiful you have energy you're smart you can do anything like putting affirmations into the water and then drinking it does it work i don't know they have cancer the next day. <laughs> and there's like, uh, there's like fun, like LA's the not the only place, but LA's one of those places that has water stores mm-hmm. for special water, just water. Like alkaline or affirmation yeah, water? Yes. There's affirmation what water. Water, water. What if I've been bullying my water and I sell that? I go, you ain't shit. You ain't shit, H2O. I gotta Fuck g- you. You think you're refreshing? My water's bullying me. No, you ain't no Gatorade. <laughs> And then I sell it to people and I say it's affirmation water. That's so mean. And they go, these like bougie yoga people in the Palisades, they think it's affirmation water and they drink it and they go, oh, my insides. Something feels off. Yeah. 
my chakras aren't aligned crystals all those people do you do that no i i here's the thing i think if i wasn't doing comedy Mm -hmm. and i wasn't judgmental of people who do crystals i would 100 percent be a crystal person i'm so close to being that person but i view those people as less than as less than and so i'm like don't give in it's like internalized uh hatred yeah it just seems i'm just like a logic guy yeah i'm a logic guy until someone <laughs> says something not logical that fits what i Your want narrative? yeah yeah. And then I'm like, yes. That makes sense. It's because I'm a Virgo. It's very holiday. I know. We normally have other pillows, and then I got here today, and I was bamboozled with this holiday assortment of pillows. And bad. now there's gingerbread candles. There's never mm. been candles here. Who's the librarian? I feel like I don't even know this place anymore. Um, what? I feel like I could keep talking about comedy, but I don't know if. I necessarily want to. What track you want to take? I don't know. What are you most afraid of? (sighs) What's your like when you get down on yourself? Yeah. When you're sitting in bed and you're like feeling like sad Fahim boy. What are like the common things that come up? You don't have to answer because that's very vulnerable. But I'm just curious like what. Because I've been in a funk this past week. Yeah, I think everyone does. There's peaks and valleys. I think everyone has the peaks and valleys, but people's brain chemistry determines how deep or high those are. Yes. I think I'm lucky in that my peaks and valleys are kind of... It's like lasagna. It's lasagna. Yeah. Yeah. But what's like the... Getting a funk? I think anyone in this business, I mean, this is a lesson that it takes a long time to learn, especially when you're a younger comic. Because you want success for yourself and all that. And everyone's timeline is so different. And you'll see people you started with. And, you know, they they get all these great opportunities and all that stuff. And then you're happy for them because they're your friend. But then part of it is a reflection. It's only human to look inward and be like, is this something I'm doing wrong? Or why not me? And, you know, that, that feeling comes up. And then it happens. You live in this town long enough. It's just a way of nature. It happens so much that you better get good at it, at rationalizing it and understanding that everyone's path is so different. Totally. And your journey is so different than everyone else's journey. And that's okay. And the opportunities will be different. And it doesn't always pan out exactly how you see it in your mind. Like you you would have never foreseen Rogan saying, hey, do this arena with me or whatever. No, but I always tell people that when I first started stand up, I had so much confidence that if someone told me, hey, in four or five years, you're going to be going on the road with Rogan. I'd be like, yeah, of course. course. Duh. Why do you think I'm doing this to not do that? Exactly. Well, you kind of need that. When you first start doing comedy, there's this level of delusion. Yeah. Because why would you even get into it if you didn't think that you had something to say? Yeah. And that's kind of like rocket fuel early on in your career. You need that delusion. And then the longer you do it, the more you're confident. You have like I I can only like I think about me trying to do stand up now, just where I am emotionally, temperature wise. I don't have that gumption that I did when I was eighteen and yeah. in my twenties. I needed to be that then to be who I am now. Yes. To where set you... to set myself up for where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing about uh 
about kind of looking at other people when you're a younger comic and being like, oh, like, that hasn't happened for me. Or like, is that going to happen? It, it's something that I've realized you have to kind of get over, not get over, but like be able to process better. Yes, because it in a healthy way. Yes. Because if, uh, if you don't process it in a healthy way, if you're funny, it, you're going to implode. So you're going to lose what made you you and whatever shot you had at making it. If you turn into this toxic person, it's going to affect your comedy. It's going to affect your relationships. If you cannot digest it like Michael Clark Duncan in the Green Mile and just take that in and go, that's such a deep cut. Yeah, I've if never seen, seen that the movie. Green Mile, <laughs> Tom Hanks is in it. It's a Stephen King book that was adapted. But yeah, he would take people's negative shit and just kind of like, spew it out oh i love that yeah well because i'm like on the other end if you're the person who gets upset over other people doing things that you want to do when you finally do have an opportunity or like this moment where something great is happening for you then it's it puts you in a weird mindset of the other person where mm -hmm. you're like oh i've I shouldn't feel good about this or like, or it's the other way where you're like, yeah, that's right. Look at what I'm doing. Like, yeah, aren't you guys yeah. mad the way that I was mad? Yeah. Like now your only drive is spite. Yes. I only want to be, want to be successful just to spite everyone. Yeah. I'm revenge driven. Yes. No, but I think it, it's okay to hurt or sure. it to sting for a little bit when you, but then you want to get good at processing it and understand that these are kind of base toddler emotions you're having. Yeah. And then, and then see it in an evolved way because these are your friends. Yeah. And who better to get these things than someone you know and your friend. And you like. And you like. Yeah. Uh, I've I've been fortunate to get opportunities because, especially in the comedy community, I think actors have it so much harder because they're beholden all these casting directors. But we're, we're friends. We're in this comedy you community. You can take another friend on the road. Yes. You you take, and then if I book a movie or if I write something, sell something, I'm booking. When I did Goat Face... I'm just hiring my friends to act in it. Yeah. And if there's a writing opportunity, I hire my friends. And I think stand-ups are the best at doing that. Yeah. Because there's this brotherhood and sisterhood because we're in the trenches. It's like the most, I don't know, it's one of the hardest um, genres of entertainment. Yeah. Well, and stand-ups, there's this connection between each other where it's like you almost don't want to, like, like it's hard to make new friends. So the idea of casting someone you don't know or like having someone random is like so much more pressure it's and pressure like weird. Pressure and work too because <clears throat> comics are of the same ilk. There's a shorthand with us because yeah. we were doing shows. Yes. You know my language. You know, I know your language. A civilian doesn't know doing the road and all yeah. these nuances. So when you work on a project, you kind of, you want to work with your friends. And that kind of, to bring it back to the mom thing, uh, it's so funny because my mom will follow some of my friends on Instagram. Follow me? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. I'm about <laughs> Probably. to walk off. If she, I'll check. She doesn't really like these dance videos. She loves them. Okay. Well, she's not following she, She'll see that someone's doing something and she'll kind of be like, D were you going to do that? Was that? I love, oh, man, I used to try to spit like how, my mom is so sweet. Um, just they're being so sweet and such moms and they don't know they're turning the knife. Yes. They'll be like, oh, I saw um, so-and-so uh, like book this movie. Yeah, he, He's been doing comedy shorter than you, huh? <laughs> yes. Like she's just asking honest questions <laughs> yeah. and I've just got to bury it. I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah, I think he um yeah, I think he started like 6 years after me. Um Yeah, yeah, and he make, he's making a lot of money. He makes more money than you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then you have to like be overly happy for that person so you can translate to your mom that it's okay and yeah. that you're fine with it. Yeah. She, like she's not trying to get a rise out of me. She's just yeah. being a sweet mom and doesn't know any better. I think my mom's a little bit different. Oh, she's trying to dig? Yes. Uh, Not at me, but more at the... Per like, my mom's almost like the vengeful hmm. observer, where she's like, hmm, like, interesting that they're doing that. Yeah. Don't you think you'd be... Better for that? Better? Huh. She won't necessarily say it, but the tone is how I interpret that message. Yeah. Yeah, just they're so naive. I remember early on, they'd be like, you should try to do movies. Oh my like god. Like that never crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah. And then I went, like I've been out here for how many years? And I go, Yeah. yeah. Wow. Movies. And then I call my manager. I used to do this bit where I get call my manager up. I go, Hey, fuck face. Just got off the phone with my mom. Why aren't we trying to do movies? If you want to keep getting ten percent of nothing, <laughs> things are gonna have to change around here. My grandma still asks me every time I see her, she goes, So you're writing all your jokes? You don't have anyone else writing your jokes for you? Like, yeah, I'm not Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. I'm not, That'd be great know. if you had a staff writers. Yeah. Just doing shows around town. <laughs> yeah, my 10-minute sets. Yeah. For 20 bucks. Like, I, I really need a tight 10. My mom, I, I got close on SNL this year. <gasps> I got all the way to the end. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so my mom. I oh. hope that you get that at some point. We'll see. I mean, who knows? But it was just cool to even get that far uh, in yeah. the process. Yeah. So it was cool. weird because I st I just submitted a packet and Neil Brennan he he's great he, he's like Bobby and Neil are kind of like really great guys, um, and he was like I'll help you with the packet just kind of you could bounce it off me and then he helped me with it and I sent it in and so I sent the packet in and then they hit up the manager and they were like hey can you send a tape in so they weren't even looking at the packet and then I sent my stand up in and they go they like it you're through to the next round. How'd you decide? How'd you decide what stand up to do? Just, I, to use? I just chose five minutes of stand up that I think show a well rounded version of what I do. There's like yeah. some race stuff. There's some absurd stuff. There's some character work. Yeah. So I just chose a five minute solid representation of like that showcased my writing, character acting abilities. Do you like doing stand up where you can kind of go into somewhat of a character? Like when you do the joke about the breakup and you're like crying yeah, yeah, is that yeah. fun for you it's so fun that's yeah because i get a yeah it's such a i get to do these mini sketches or i get to do a character for 10 seconds i love being nimble yeah that's my favorite thing in comedy to be setting up a joke and if i'm talking about something i can i can i have the skill set to do it yeah so i can just take you to the scene or whatever yeah that's yeah. That's what I love about stand up. So I chose stand up. That's kind of like that for SNL because they are character heavy and impression heavy. So they like that and they go. They like it. They want to. They want you to test. So if there wasn't COVID, I would be in New York and testing on that stage. But it was COVID, so they go. They want you to just submit a tape from home, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so awkward. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, so I did it. I I just chose to do. Five more, five or no, maybe six minutes of stand up that are it's kind of current that I'm doing. Yeah. So I used to stand up because that's my thing. I don't understand stand ups who 
audition and then they choose to be a groundling for the most important audition of their life. Yeah, with zero training or yeah, like, like very minimal. Why would I do a bunch of characters and impressions if I've been doing stand-up forever? Yeah. I'm just going to do what I do. Did you think about doing like one character? I did do Lance. For, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. So When did you send that in? Uh, maybe like three months or two months ago. I, I forget. Yeah. Two or three months ago. So we send that in and then we hear like, oh, they like that. It's going through the next round. It keeps going through these next rounds. Yeah. And they go, this time the writers and Lauren are going to see it. And they go, well, that's cool. And then we don't hear anything for a long time. Don't hear anything. And then finally just like, oh, it's not going to happen. And I go, eh. But I'm so good. I've been around for so long. Yeah. I'm like so good at not getting things. Yeah. <laughs> like it happens enough, you get good. Yeah. <laughs> you get good at not getting things. It's things for a little bit, but then you realize it was never yours to begin with. Yeah. Because that's such a human thing to do, to just to think that it's yours before it is. Yeah. So I never think that way. A thing is never mine until it's official. And then I, I was fine. But part of me was like, I sent the packet in. How did I go down? It's flattering. Yeah. But I just wanted to be a writer on it. Oh, really? Yeah, I just submitted a packet. But I never heard back on the packet. So that was a frustrating thing is that yeah. I got taken through the ringer on the, the performer end. But I would I, want to see you as a performer. That's nice. I just wanted I just wanted to touch that place. Yeah. Even if it was a one and done, I just wanted to touch it. That is what's nice about starting stand up young is that you feel like like even I'm 25 and even though I feel like I'm getting older and I'm like, "Oh, the window's closing for me to be like the young yeah. Whatever. Well, to be Natalie Portman. Yeah. You're playing a different game. For stand up, you're doing you're like Timothy Chamelet. Chamelet? Chevrolet. 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 What is he? Chamel? What's his last Sh name? Chalamet. Chalamet. Charlemagne. Timothy Chalamar. Chalamar. <laughs> That'd be a good character, Ch huh? Timothy, Timothy Chalamar. Chalamar. It's just a black version of Timothy <laughs> Chalamet. He has a jerry curl and he's really dreamy and boyish. <laughs> Please, someone out there do Timothy Chalamar. Jamar. <laughs> I would love Jamar, to Jamar, Jamar, please do a character called Timothy Shalimar. Oh, um, have, have what? Oh, yeah. So the whole point of that was my mom was kind of vengeful. She was like, they don't deserve you. <laughs> I go, mom, it's okay. And even Neil was saying, he goes, just to go that far is kind of huge. Yeah. Because things change all the time. Just to be in the orbit yeah. is a win. So cool. Yeah. And that's how I look at it, too. How have you been spending COVID? What's your what's your highlights of COVID? And honestly, it feel at this point, I know maybe there's talk of another lockdown or whatever, but where we're at right now, it feels like regular life except no concerts and yeah. sporting events. And then wearing a mask. Yeah. It's pretty much right? How's it different outside of that? Yeah. So you're fine. I'm fine, I guess. I I think I'm I've learned this about myself. I'm very good at adapting. I don't really live in the past. Mm. I think people who are having a hard time with COVID and all that, they're hanging on to yesterday mm. so hard. Yeah. And I think maybe that's indicative of a characteristic they've had all throughout life and COVID really exasperates it. So yeah, I've always been about today and tomorrow. I've never been about yesterday. So I go, this is, this is, how, this is how it is now. Yeah. And the quicker you can kind of wrap your head around that and find joy and happiness in that, yeah, the less you'll be turned I don't know, into knots about it. That's very healthy. 
Are you do do you have any gigs like out of state coming up or No. I just I had that House of Comedy in Phoenix. I did it. Oh, with Ari. Yeah, I had Ari come feature for me. So fun. Yeah. I love Ari. It was cool to do a comedy club. Yeah. Because I, I hadn't done one of those in forever. Did it feel weird doing a headlining set after all this time? A little bit. Maybe Thursday. Yeah. Because you come in Thursday and you have one show and then you have two Friday, two Saturday. So that was kind of a workout, get the kinks out. But I had been doing some shows around LA a little bit. Yeah. But it, it was fine. It's like riding a bike. I was worried at first during quarantine because I had never taken that much time off doing stand-up. Yeah. That's why I kind of enjoyed the beginning of lockdown because mm -hmm. I was like, this is never going to happen again. Yeah. So I should just like enjoy the moment and like be able to just like have fun and not think about what I need to do tonight or tomorrow night or whatever and just kind of like take advantage of this time off and figure out who Allie is outside <laughs> of stand-up. And then now that... It's kind of in this weird in between of like, are we going back? Are we, are we going not? out? Yeah. It's kind of hitting me now where I'm like, I'm kind of holding on to that. It's okay to hold on because it's not official that we're locked down yet. Yeah. So things are fine now. But that pause on the world was kind of nice. It was nice. Especially for us comedians because we always feel like we're not doing enough or the person next to us is, is doing more and I could be doing more. Yeah. But this was, this hit pause on everyone. Yeah. So it was great. You didn't feel like you were missing out because no one was getting ahead. Mm -hmm. and, and everyone could take a moment to kind of reflect on life and what's important to them. Yeah. And I've realized I think I was just doing too many sets pre-COVID pre because mm. I was able to. When you're a young comic, you just say yes to every spot. And there's never enough spots. It's hard to get them early on. So as you kind of climb the ranks and you become like a paid regular and one of the guys at the store people kept on hitting me up to do shows and i yeah. would say yes 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 and i'm doing three shows a night but what am i learning from doing all those like the the amount i'm learning doing three shows a night compared to my personal life taking a hit because my yeah. last show would be at 11 30 at the store and if i tell someone i go hey i'm free at 11 30 civilians they don't work on that schedule yeah yeah um are so you it's a better balance now yeah are you doing anything exciting for the holidays i think i'm gonna go thanksgiving go to my parents <gasps> in seattle yeah that's nice yeah yeah um okay i don't never know how to end these things neither do i <laughs> is there anything else you want to say <laughs> like do you want to host the podcast no um okay goat face oh yeah that's on amazon on amazon so funny thanks yeah that was kind of i love stand-up and i love sketch yeah so i'm kind of happy that i have two blueprints in that regard yes. the sketch show with you know hassan from daily show and patriot act so i was head writer on it my boys are in it we were doing youtube sketch and we got to do it for tv yeah so goat face was on amazon you can rent it and then my special's free on youtube it's called there's no business like show business it's on comedy central's youtube yeah um Fahim Anwar on IG. Yes. And Fahim also puts out really good Spotify songs almost daily. Almost, yeah. If I like a song, I'll throw it up. I just want to share it with the world. Yeah. I just love digital crate digging. And I'm like, I just want to share it with everyone who follows me. I also really liked your uh, episode on Joe Rogan. I felt like it was very insightful. Oh, yeah? Like how you write and like 
yeah so you know what's kind of fucked up about that episode though is oh you told me about this yeah so it was, it was so cool for you know rogan to say you want to do the pod because that's like a comic stream you know and i would see him at the store and stuff and we would talk so when he asked me to do it i was stoked but then it came out and then the video was fucked up like the video and the audio was fucked up so the sound is kind of and it's playing at two speed too so i sound like a chipmunk <laughs> it didn't happen when i heard it it was fine oh. but i only so i was, did it, it through itunes oh okay or spotify or mm. no itunes so time. it was up for a while and then it was taken down and then it was put back up and then i it's on spotify now and the video on spotify is fucked up i can't win no yeah oh well wait they have video on spotify yeah if you pull up the rogan on spotify is he the only one who has videos on spotify i don't know he's one of them yeah, yeah one of them that's crazy. I didn't realize that. I thought it was just audio on Spotify. Yeah, I just saw that feature. I go, oh, they're doing video now. Whoa. I think that was the power play yeah. to get him over. Whoa. And then I have a podcast too. Yes, you have a and podcast. And you have to do it sometime. I'm very excited. Yeah, that was the only reason I would do this. I go, you got to yeah. do mine tit for tat. Yeah. So mine's called Fahiman or Dance Hour. What is the gist of your pod? It's just this shit. Just talking to Great. someone. Yeah. I'm and down. then I play a song at the end. Just a song that I like. And then, uh, do you comment on the song or you no, just play it? No, it's just like my song of the week. Do you force the guests to also listen to it? No, I don't. Okay. The thing is for you, because it goes on YouTube, you know, it's on uh -huh. YouTube and also iTunes and Spotify and all that. But I can't play the song on YouTube because then I can't monetize my podcast because it's copyrighted music. Yeah. So I say what the song is and I'm like, it's in the description. Peace. Yeah. But on the audio version, it'll play. Ooh. Ooh. So you play, end baby. the pod with a nice little yeah, jam. Nice little jam. And then I have a Spotify playlist for the pod. Smart. So all the songs I play on the pod Smart. are on the Fahim Anwar Dance House Love that. playlist. Okay, great. Boom. We did it. We did it. That's it. I'll see you at the next show. I guess so. Whoa, we did a long time. What the fuck? We My did car! <laughs> <laughs> They're actually like crunching it. You know what I've been go, thinking? You do it on the sidewalk? Wait, before we end, I have this question. Please. Okay, so I just got on Tinder. I just got on Hinge. Ooh. Hinge, you have to, there's like pre-selected prompts that you answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay. <clears throat> I just want to read my Hinge profile and then get your opinion. Input, input. Yeah. You know what I need to do more of is like <laughs> having a girl look at my photos. <gasps> I love doing that. Because guys think they know, but you have sometimes a girl will say, oh, this photo's great. You go, what? Yeah, guys have no idea. Yeah. It'll be them eating a hot dog as their first picture, and I'm like, save that for That's the no end. Good. Save it for the end. Sloppy Joe? Funny pick at the end. Mm. Okay. I'm looking for someone to spend the second lockdown with, smiley face. We don't even have to like each other that much. I'm willing to settle, exclamation point. Cute. Funny. Yeah. Let's make sure we're on the same page about The Rock being entirely too buff. What is that for? <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan. Is he starting his own towing company, but only human? Like, is he towing cars by hand? By himself. Like, what? At what point does he go? I've I've done it. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just gonna I maintain. I have this thought on The Rock. Um, it just must be he's he's in muscle jail. He can never be a soft boy. He can never be a soft boy. Just he has to maintain that mass. He's so busy, even if he was a regular human. Yeah. And then throw on the amount of lifting it takes and chicken eating to get to maintain that. Mm -hmm. That seems like hell. 
Seems awful. I don't want to be as busy as the rock in my body. And then imagine like he loses his muscles somehow. Like he gets in a car accident, has like to be hospitalized, yeah. and then he loses all of his like muscles. Don't he would have a full crisis of like who am I without, without muscles? muscles? Yeah, I also think it's funny if he he like wanted to do like drama. He wanted to do like an Oscar play. Mm -hmm. But then how do you explain him being so muscular? Like this coming of age tale. Yeah. And the teacher is just jacked out of his mind. <laughs> He's like, I know you lost your dad. <laughs> and no one in the movie is like, hey, why is Mr. Anderson a so fucking pop. tank? <laughs> hey, Mr. Mr. H, why are you giant? <laughs> just the buffest teacher. Yeah. And he actually gets nominated for an Academy Award. I love guys who are that huge in suits. Like, what's the point? Oh, my God. It seems painful. You've lifted yourself out of suits. Yeah. No one's expecting you to wear. I think that's true also. Like, like if you get morbidly obese, like TLC morbidly obese. Yeah. And the person still wears like a suit. <laughs> I think after a certain weight. You're exempt. You've, you've hit the end of the chessboard. Yeah. You don't need to wear suits. No more suits. Because if that person came somewhere, no one's going to be like, I'm not wearing a suit. <laughs> like if, if a guy's 800 pounds yeah and he's wearing sweatpants no one's like <laughs> gonna kill you to wear a suit do you ever watch my 600 pound life when did tlc just turn into a barnum a and bailey show. yeah <laughs> i thought it was about learning and now it's just gawking at freaks i was watching and there's now there's a show about weird feet it's like foot Ugh. doctor shows i'm like how it's really gross how they've, they've just normalized looking at weirdos for or they make it seem like, oh, we're just chronicling their life. But just couples get off work and they go, babe, let's watch yeah. 800 pound people and feel like good people. Yeah. Yeah. Because before, if you did it on the street, you're a monster. But you do it in your living room on a couch with your girlfriend. It is fucked up because I'll watch my 600 pound life. I'll watch it with Benji Aflalo. Mm -hmm. And we'll order so much food, like oh Uber God. Eats. That's and then hilarious. we'll just be like laughing at ourselves, eating like pints of ice cream and pasta being like man this is crazy trying to get on next season yeah <laughs> working towards it my credit give it up for your next comedian she was she on, was on pound life. life she lost a lot of weight <laughs> yeah. a lot of love okay i'll let you go now thank you thanks for having me